Not a full message today, so don't be nervous. Give you some quick thoughts, and then uh, we'll continue to worship, because I think Good Friday is, should be focused on worship, <coughs> our thankfulness for Jesus. Snake bit. I told Julie, it's, it's a really a neat thing when God gives a preacher a message, and, and it comes from God. I, I, I can't tell you the day it happened, but I was sitting in my office over a month ago, prepping and reading and watching videos and the Bible Project. They do a great job of cartoon telling stories. And they had this whole thing about the snake and, and right away I was captured. And God put it in my mind to use this image of the snake throughout our whole series of Easter because you and I, we've been snake bit. Everyone that's ever been born from man and woman, we are snake bit. We learned about that this Sunday in Genesis chapter 3, that sneaky snake. And then, of course, you know, I had the box and there was supposed to be no snake in it. And who was at the second service? Did you see me almost pass out? Because the first service, you know, I, I, the, the idea was lift up the empty box, right? And there was going to be no snake in there. And you were supposed to be scared that it might have got out. That was the plan. But the teenagers in this church had a better idea. And they found some fake snakes and threw it in there for the second service. So in the second service, when I lifted it up and saw a snake, I just about passed out. I thought, Lord, they didn't put a snake in here. But that whole image of that sneaky snake... You need to know today, and I'm going to just tell you bold, you might not like it when you hear it, but that cross that Jesus was put upon, he was put upon there for a reason. You're going to hear that Jesus talks to Nicodemus in the book of John today, and you're going to hear what he says about, as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Friends, don't leave without understanding that Jesus became, he became that snake for us. There's two things that you need to know today. God curses all sin with death. It's a fact from Scripture. Satan said to Eve, you won't certainly die. And some people have actually said, we talked about it after the second service, Mr. Moore came and said, I've heard people say that uh, God was lying because they didn't die. And oh, but they did. You see, Satan was saying, you wouldn't certainly die. You're not going to eat it and pass down and die. Maybe for a moment, Adam and Eve thought, okay, I didn't die. But you need to know, the moment that they ate of that fruit, death became a reality. There was no death before then. And now all of a sudden, they were going to die. So number one, God curses all sin with death. But number two, God cures all sin with the gospel. Amen? He had a plan from the beginning. Mark 16, 17, and 18, I got to read to you because uh, somebody came up to me after church Sunday and they said, Pastor, you know, it says here in my Bible reading, and these signs will accompany those who believe. They will pick up snakes with their hands. I said, nope, nope, not going to do it. I don't care. I don't like them. I don't like snakes at all. But you need to know that there was that snake in the garden. I'm going to use still shots from the Bible Project. I want to give them credit for these. But instead of them telling you the video, I wanted to use the pictures to tell you a story today. Can you see them there? 
hiding in the garden, lurking between the trees. That snake, that sneaky old snake was waiting for his opportunity. And he took that opportunity. Some people wonder why we even call it Good Friday. You know, in Denmark, Sweden, and Norway, and Finland, they call it Long Friday. I didn't know that. In Germany, they actually call it the Friday of Morning. And in Latin countries, they call today Holy Friday. And some people have suggested that maybe it was a translation error. It was supposed to be God's Friday, and somebody thought it was Good Friday, and so they called it Good Friday. Friends, I need you to know today, today is good. I know that Jesus suffered immensely for us, but without that, it's bad. And so today is Good Friday. It's good because now we know how good God's love really is. We know how good God's salvation really is. And we know how God takes tragedy and can turn it into good. And we know how God's forgiveness is so good. It is Good Friday today. That snake ruined everything. That snake lied. And because of that, the garden was ruined. It was utopia. It was perfect and pure and pristine. And then death entered in. and Everything started to die and decay. Not only did the garden suffer, but our hearts. You catch that picture there? Our hearts. That snake got to us. And our hearts that were once alive became dead. You need to know that Scripture makes it very clear that every person who's born is born dead spiritually. That spiritual heart inside of you is dead at birth. It needs to be made alive. You need to be born again. That spiritual heart inside of you, because of that snake, because of that poison and venom, our spiritual side is dead. Not only is our our hearts in big trouble But the world is cursed. Satan, that sneaky snake, ruined it for everything. This earth is cursed. We're cursed because of sin, because of that snake and what he did. There's darkness. I don't need to tell you how dark it is in our world. It's pretty obvious, right? We can't escape it. Satan won a victory there and wrapped up this world in sin's venom and it's been a place of darkness ever since. School shootings happen so fast now that the world doesn't even remember Oxford happened. There's been too many since then. So many that we now have a new term called school shooting veterans. Oxford kids that went to Michigan State and have experienced more than one? How can that be, friends? I'll tell you how it can be. Genesis chapter 3 told us that ever since that choice of eating that fruit instead of obeying God brought death and judgment on the world and on us. Genesis 3 in verse 15, it says... This is right after the whole sin. But right away, we're, we're told that something's going to happen. God was going to do something on our ha- behalf. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's when God was speaking to the serpent. He told him something's coming. The person coming from Woman, an offspring of hers, will crush your head, you sneaky snake. 
but you will strike his heel. How does that play out? Well, in Genesis 3, they had no idea, but God had a a snake-crushing king in mind. There was a snake-crushing king that was going to come. And he was going to stand up to that snake. And there's a war that's going to take place. And that war shows us that that snake is going to get a bite. He's going to get a bite on this snake-crushing king. But that snake-crushing king is still going to stomp that head. But he's going to die. That's the transaction that's going to take place. Did you see it? There's going to be a confrontation. God's going to send a snake-crushing king. The snake will get him. He'll bite him and fill him with venom. But that crushing king is going to smash that snake, but he will die. Who is it? Is it David? I imagine the people in the Old Testament who are waiting for this snake-crushing king to come probably thought it was David. He was great. Man, probably good looking and, and uh, energy, and boy, he could kill the enemies. And so everybody was praising David. Maybe he's the one. Maybe he's the snake-crushing king. But it became very evident that David couldn't be the snake-crushing king because he had been infected. He was born snake-bit, and so his heart was suffering. It wasn't going to be David, but it was going to be somebody that comes from David's line. See, David looked forward to the snake-crushing king to come. He knew it wasn't him, but he was praying for God to send him. He was going to come from David's line, the line of Judah. But that snake-crushing king, when he showed up, was going to be struck. Struck down with a fatal blow, the Bible says, by mankind that had that sin-cursed heart. But he was going to rise up again, and he was going to come to us, the ones with the venom-filled hearts. He was going to come to us, and he was going to heal that cursed heart he was going to bring life isaiah 53 verses 3 and through 6 and then verse 10 it says this he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hid their faces he was despised and we held him in low esteem Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 10, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. So who is this snake-crushing king? It wasn't David. The Old Testament ends and there's silence, and maybe there's no hope. The snake-crushing king never came. But then, after about 400 years of silence in between the Testaments, the beautiful thing changes everything. The sound of a baby crying in Bethlehem. Amen? Amen? I love that out of the darkness, a dark and dying world, I love it. I love it, yeah. I don't do many accents well, but I can do the baby one. I can do the baby. 
And then the the Christmas songs lie, no crying he made. No, he cried. And that cry pierced through the darkness of this world. And I'm telling you, the angels couldn't contain themselves. The angels like, we're going. And they busted out of heaven and they came down and said, glory. And they sang, Hosanna, hallelujah in the highest. Because the snake crushing king came. And then we walk with him through the the whole New Testament. We know that he's of God and yet born of Mary. Who was from the line and the lineage of Judah and David. He had all the markings of a snake crushing king. And he lived a life and never died. And never sinned. And that brings us to today. Who's that snake crushing king? You and I know him as Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 14 through 18, this is the passage I was speaking about. Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. And Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up that snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Nicodemus knew the story. Numbers somewhere, 12 I think. We have the story of God's people were in exile, they're roaming the wilderness, and they started getting grumpy. You know, are we there yet? You can hear them crying out, right, to Moses who's driving the bus, right? Are we there yet? Are we there? We're hungry, we're thirsty, we're tired. Remember how great it was back in Egypt when we were slaves? You know, they're just belly aching and moaning. And then God had had enough, and God sent fiery serpents. We don't know exactly what that means, fiery, because they had venom and they poison, or, or some people think maybe they, even, they could spit fire. We don't know. But all we know is that people were getting bit, and they're dying from these snake bites. And God, did, you know, God didn't do anything just yet. He waited because then the people cried out. The people that had been complaining cried out to Moses saying, go to God and ask him to stop this. And God said, Moses, here's what you're going to do. You're going to put a pole up and you're going to raise it high, but you're going to put a snake on that pole. And the people need to look at that snake. They need to see the cause, the root, the venom, the sin. And if they would just look at it, they would live. And that's what happened. Some people were so stubborn, they wouldn't even look at it. They're like, I'm not looking at no stupid snake. That's the cause of my problem in the first place. And those people died. But the people that looked and saw the source of the venom, they were saved. And Jesus himself comes in the New Testament. He's trying to explain to Nicodemus that he had to be born again. He's trying to tell Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you were born with a a human heart, but that human heart was infected with sin. It's got the venom in it. He's trying to explain to him, and he said, hey, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that's what's hard to swallow today. It's hard for me as a pastor to even say it. That when Jesus went on that cross, we know him as Savior, but on that day, he became sin for us. That's why in, in his own words, he was telling Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the sin, the Son of Man's going to be lifted up and He's going to be that snake. We don't like to think of it. We don't even like to imagine that. We don't like to even say the words. But Jesus told him He had to be lifted up. Verse 15, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the one, God's one and only Son. Question, do you believe today? Do you believe that when Jesus went to that cross, it was God's plan? It was God's cure. The gospel is that Jesus became sin for us. He died the death that we deserved. He had no sin, but he became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. Do you believe that today? Today we remember that sacrifice on the cross. Julie and I are reading Billy Graham's devotions every day. So I'll shut up and let's listen to Billy. I want you to hear what Billy said about today. All for love. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds... We are healed, flogged, bits of glass and rock shredded the flesh of his back, crucified, nailed to the rough wood of the cross and left hanging there to experience the excruciating pain of death by suffocation. Why did Jesus willingly die such a violent death? The Bible says he went to the cross for one reason, to become the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. Each of us has sinned. Each of us is guilty before God. Each of us deserves to die. God is holy and just, and sin must be punished. But Christ became our substitute. He died in our place. He was without sin, but all our sins were placed on him. And he willingly took the punishment and death we deserve. The Bible says Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Christ died for you. Why did he do this? He did it because he loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. Have you responded to his love? Our prayer today on Good Friday Not that you would just feel sorry that Christ suffered in our place, that he was mocked and they pushed the crown of thorns onto his head and beat him. The suffering was awful and the dying by suffocation was horrible. But today is a day just to remember that he did it for you. He did it for me. His love held him there. You know that nails can't hold gods to trees, right? Man, in any second, if he had said, no, I'm not doing this anymore, a thousand angels could have torn from heaven and obliterated everybody on that hill. (laughs) But he chose out of love to stay there for you and for me. And that's what we remember today. It's easy to cheat and go to Sunday, but we're going to be here in a couple days. I encourage you to come back. We'll talk about what happens on Sunday. But today... It's just simply a day to know it is a good Friday, amen? Amen. It is a good Friday that we can know God's love, we can see it displayed on the cross, and we can thank Him for that. Let's sing again. Let's sing a couple of songs before we go to communion today.